2: You can also find all my books on Amazon and other retailers. And now on to the show. Today, we're going to talk about the role of artificial intelligence in creative roles
0: and creative work and how they can work together, conflict, and all of the above. To help me discuss this topic, I'd like to welcome Toby Barlow, co-founder and creative chief at Lafayette American. Toby, welcome to the show.
1: Hey, thanks so much. Happy to be here
0: yeah looking forward to talking about this topic with you um and uh, why don't we get started with you giving a little background on yourself as well as what you're currently doing at lafayette american
1: yeah so uh we're agency in detroit we're about five years old before that i worked on you know a number of accounts including ford and you know some financial services worked in san francisco new york and you know then moved to detroit and fell in love with detroit and decided to start an agency there
0: great great So we're going to talk about a topic that's top of mind, everybody's um, on everybody's mind these days, still AI, artificial intelligence, still, you know, lots of things to explore here, lots of, lots of news continuing to be, to be made with it. And I've, I've had plenty of guests on the show talk about it from a marketing or a customer experience perspective, maybe a data perspective, but I thought it would uh, be really interesting to explore it from a more creative standpoint. And so uh, glad to have you on the show. And, you know, as as with anything, AI isn't all good, nor is it all bad. So let's let's explore uh, both of these a little bit here. So, uh, you know, many, many people out there, whether in creative positions, marketing, customer service or many other roles, have at least a little reason to be afraid of AI. Right. AI has been around for decades, but. What is different about things like ChatGPT, Midjourney, Dolly, and the like?
1: I mean, the, the exponential change um, is pretty phenomenal. You know, I mean, I think that that's what's sort of freaking everybody out. Everyone sort of saw it percolating; they saw it off on the horizon, and then suddenly it was like right up close. And I think people feel the heat of the change, and they're kind of, you know, just it it breeds anxiety. but But I think that a lot of that anxiety is kind of overstated at least when it comes to, you know, the creative industries.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, change is never easy for, for anybody, but I, I, I agree. I mean, you know, all, all that said, as far as how much potential there may be for things to change, uh, you know, in my experience, these tools aren't really ready to be used without a lot of human supervision. I'm, I'm not ready to start, Train, having an AI write books for me and, and just, uh, you know, without, without looking at them first. So, you know, do you see the, this, we're in, we're in this kind of initial stage, right. Where uh, obviously AI has been around for decades, but in this generative space, I think, which is, which is most of what we're talking about when, when dealing with creative, we're in the stage where there's a lot of experimentation and a lot of people trying a lot of things. Some of it works pretty well right out of the box, but always needs that human touch. Do you see that changing quickly as far as how much human supervision is actually needed? And where where do you see opportunities to use these tools in in safe ways?
1: I mean, I think that there's going to be a tremendous number of opportunities that continue to unfold, right? I mean, it's just like, we will always have people kind of pushing and exploring and playing. And then to your point, you're always going to have people finessing the final product. The metaphor I always use is soup stock, right? When you make soup, the first, you know, phase is making the stock, which is just messy. Chop up an onion, roughly, you throw it in some salty water with some, you know, carrots that you barely peel. And it's just, you would never drink that, you know? And that to me is what AI is for people, you know, all throughout the creative process. It's just, the soup stock, it's the first draft. And then, I mean, we're we're using AI kind of throughout our company already. We don't really, you know, celebrate it because it's just kind of, you know, naturally folded into our way of doing business. And I think that that's what you're going to find. People are not, there's not going to be a revolution. There's just going to be, you know, a ton of incremental change and improvement.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, you know, as you work at an agency and interface with a lot of different clients, what, what are you hearing from them about either how they're currently using or maybe their willingness to jump into using more AI?
1: I think that it's a mix. I think to a degree, people don't realize how much AI is already being used. Yeah, I think that there are obviously some liability issues that people are feeling cautious about when it comes to you know, generating artwork and, and, and other processes. But, you know, with the exception of some, you know, the the big holding companies kind of yelling and screaming that they're going to be there first, I think people are kind of, you know, moving forward prudently. So I, you know, clients are not very vocal about where it's going to be used and how it's going to be used, but I think they're definitely open to it. And, you know, I think they're looking to the agencies to take the lead in terms of bringing them, you know, these solutions, because these solutions are, Faster, you know, are arguably, you know, better uh, in terms of providing more opportunity for finesse and perfection, and cheaper, right? Because yeah. of that, the efficiencies that are built into them. So, I think they're curious about it, but they definitely they're not they're not pushing us. I've heard some stories of clients who want to turn a switch and make everything, you know, suddenly AI. But I think that. They, they generally discover that they're going too fast right and they generally discover that they're what they're asking for is a lot of soup stock yeah. to be served you know
0: Yeah yeah agreed I mean I think there's there's a lot of potential for for the starting points or you know the soup stock is as you mentioned I think that's a good a good analogy there
2: Before we continue, I'd like to introduce you to a sponsor of the show Partner Hero. Customer service outsourcing has long been available mainly to large enterprise businesses with long-term contracts and onerous procurement processes. Partner Hero is challenging business as usual and bringing the benefits of outsourcing to small and medium businesses as well as startups. With short, flexible contracts and fast ramp up times, Partner Hero is making customer support outsourcing a viable option for small and medium businesses and startups. It's perfect for companies with seasonality expecting a temporary spike in volume or that simply need to scale up and their focus on quality means your customers will get an experience that feels like it comes from your team. If you're ready to bring in outside customer support help for your company that feels like it's part of your existing team, check out Partner Hero. Head on over to partnerhero.com agile. That's partnerhero.com A-G-I-L-E to book a free consultation with their solutions team. Mention you heard about Partner Hero from the Agile brand and the way of the setup fee. Now let's get back to the show
0: you know, you, you touched briefly on, there are some concerns with IP or, you know, or other things like that. And so, you know, there is reason to be a little, a little cautious about how some of these things are used. It, it reminds me a little bit, that part of it, the the regulation part of it reminds me of early days of like the consumer data privacy stuff where, you know, in Europe, GDPR was, uh, I had several uh, clients with, you know, large European customer bases. And there was regulations, but it was really hard to kind of understand exactly what the line was. And I think, you know, there's not, we're not even that far along here with AI and, or data privacy for that matter, but that's, that's a different topic. But, you know, we're not, we're not that far along with AI regulation, let alone with some of the legalities of all that stuff. But, you know, that, that either including that or, or even that aside, you know, what, what should leaders of, of creative teams be doing now to, to prepare their teams as well as themselves as leaders for, you know, what, for a future where AI is going to be used more.
1: I mean, 50% of it, if not more, isn't going to come from the leaders. It's going to come from the people in the company themselves looking for faster, better, yeah. cooler ways to get things done. You know, I and mean, I think. I have a number of copywriters who are using AI for their first drafts right now. I have a number of people in the studio who are using AI to, you know, resize photographs. And I mean, this is just kind of like, if if you hire great people, they're going to find great tools and they're going to use them in great ways. Right. So that's most of it. Most of it's just coming up through the ranks and the ambitious people working harder and trying to do better. The part that does come from leadership is, I think, that idea of encouraging people to discover, encouraging people to play, trying to find the, the right partnerships and putting out the red flags, right? Saying, we, you know, let's be careful with this. We don't want to do something that might, you know, catch us unawares or, or leave us vulnerable in some way. So yeah. I think that there's, I think the cautions should largely come from leadership. And I think that the exploration, the adventurousness should come from the you know, from the whole company.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that, that, that kind of leads to a, a, I forget the exact stat right now, but I was reading some article, I think on Forbes where, you know, a a large percentage of employees that are using AI are not talking about it with their bosses or their managers and uh, and stuff like that. And so, you know, you mentioned, I, I like how you describe it. of Like a lot of the ideas and a lot of the, the people playing around with this stuff they are going to be the maybe the more junior people or the people reporting up to a creative director a manager things like that but how do you look at that relationship of you know there's a lot of ways of looking at transparency with ai you know we won't talk about the bias of ai and stuff like that but more just how how transparent should there be should that relationship of the creative teams using this stuff with their bosses you know, so that there's not kind of this, uh, this relationship where as long as AI has been used correctly, it's not disparaged that they're using it.
1: Yeah, I, I think, I mean, I, I, to a degree, I mean, I'm sure that going back to the, you know, licensing issues and the rights yeah. issues, you know, I think that there's a lot to be careful about there. But the majority of AI tools aren't being used in that way, right? I mean, again, if if a if a copywriter needs to write a brochure and they want to use AI for their first draft, I think that's great. I, I think that if they try to turn it in as the final draft, it's gonna you know look like what it is, which is kind of lame copywriting. You right, know, right. I mean, the, the AI writes like kind of a stone teenager who didn't quite do the reading.
0: <laughs> right.
1: And so you 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 know, if you allow that to pass you know, that that quality is gonna impact, you know, the agency and the client. So hey. I I think that, you know, it, it it's it's gonna become difficult to separate out where AI is showing up. It's sort of like, you know, the auto finish on uh, in in, in, Google, in Gmail, right? I mean, you don't you know you, you can't tell where right. Gmail suggested a phrase and the person took the suggestion. But a creative copywriter is never gonna actually take the suggestion. They're going to see it and say, "Okay, that's the cliche way to end that sentence." I'm going to do something different.
0: Yeah, yeah. So yeah, so good. In other words, quality is going to win out, and um, even even if it's uh, even if AI is a starting point, which I, I agree. I mean, I think I think that's the best way to look at it. And you know, or things like grammar check or spell check or, or stuff like that, of course. But it it I, it does seem like the 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 quality and the and the creativity will win out and and it'll be very clear to to tell. Like I can already read a blog post and know that it was generated by AI just by the the introduction and the conclusion. Right. It's, yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: exactly. I mean it's a very flat voice. And I you know that's that's the role of creativity from the get-go, right? That's been the role of creativity throughout civilization is to stand out above the masses and to do something that differentiates and And shines. And if AI is going to make the world a much noisier place, and you're suddenly going to be surrounded by all this blather, you know, it's just going to put that much more pressure on creatives to find the human voice, find the way that maybe people feel a connection, right? I mean, because that's what the challenge has always been.
0: Yeah, yeah. So then what is the creative team of the future look like? Are there going to be you know, AI managers and, you know, a, a, is there going to be AI on the creative team alongside humans or, you know, what? Do, how, how do you think about that?
1: I mean, I think it'll always be a tool. I mean, I don't think that it's going to be a peer to peer situation, at least not in the foreseeable future. Right. I mean, I think that you're always going to want to have a higher, more human authority to connect with. Um, I mean, there's, it's just like, you know, automated responses on phone calls. There's always a point where you're desperately pushing zero trying to talk to you know, <laughs> right. because the nuances of your problem take a human solution. Right?
0: Yeah. Yeah. So what, what do you think about the, those that are reluctant to adopt the, you know, the, the Luddites, so to speak, who may be refusing to utilize AI, are they going to make it in the years ahead? Or are they going to have to change their ways? You know, I'm sure there's some that are going to be just fine for a while, but, you know what what do you think about that like is there going to be a tipping point where it is just the way everyone does it or or do you think there'll still be some holdouts
1: i mean that there will always be holdouts there are always going to be you know the amish of the world sure you know i mean cormac mccarthy was still writing books on his typewriter when he passed it, away
0: it.
1: but it's not you know but but they're just going to be you know these tools are just going to be folded in just like the personal computer and just like the internet was folded into people's lives So people will find a way to make it a megaphone for their own voices and for their own personalities and their, for their own, you know, u- unique perspectives, you know, just like the motion picture or the phonograph or any other tool that we've come up with.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, you know, working at an agency, uh, I certainly, uh, I, I ran one for a while before I sold it and, and know, know some of that dynamic there, you know, do you think that clients are going to ask for more, um, out of the, you know, knowing that AI can speed things up and, and perhaps give more variations and stuff, you know, do you think that clients are going to be looking at this as a, as a way to maybe get a little more for their dollars or how, how do you think, how do you think about that?
1: I mean, I think definitely they're going to be a, there's going to be a big chunk of people who are going to be saying, you know, you can have AI do this basically for free, please give it to me now. You know, right. Right. and then they're going to be the clients who say, I'd like a blend. I'd like to to know that the efficiencies are there and the savings are there, et cetera. But I still want a unique voice, right? Because, you know, in, in the end, a product that's made by AI is by definition soulless. And that's the biggest problem with advertising in general, right? I mean, it's, you know, yeah. you can often be formed by committee to the point where you don't. Right see the voice or or, or 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 feel the humanity or feel the eye to eye connection with the brand whereas you know some lonely intern working on a cube gets handed the social media account and suddenly everyone feels the vibrancy of that brand everyone's like oh my gosh there are real people working here and they yeah. love it you know yeah. so yeah. you know that kind of human breakthrough will I think always be happening and people you know, be charging a premium for it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. And uh, I guess speaking of the, the charging a premium, you know, how does this, uh, a a lot of agencies are charging by the hour, you know, hourly rates and, and stuff like that, even if there's some kind of retainer involved, like, how do you think that is going to factor into price it, you know, if, if there's one person using a lot of AI, there's still a lot of work being done by that person, but you know, how does how or does this affect the the pricing model?
1: I think that's a really interesting question. Um, I think that it's going to take a few, it's going to take some time yep. for that stuff to filter through. You're going to have to have it completely integrated within agencies and people understanding the efficiencies that it's creating and then moving back and forth. I mean, there, there will, demands will be made. They're always going to be made to do things faster, to do things for less money. But it's, we're, we're still in such a wild west. It's still so unknown. You can have AI write three paragraphs of copy and then spend just the same amount of time, you know, proofreading it. Right. To make sure it didn't pull that out of some Soviet propaganda, you know, right. on the Internet somewhere. So, you know, the, the, the efficiencies are going to be weird, I think, for a little while but you know, it, it'll, it'll catch up at some point, the clients are going to figure it out and, and people will be built properly for it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Well, Toby, thanks so much for joining. I've got one last question before we wrap up here. So, you know, been talking about some of the current uses of, of AI, some of the future ones, but you know, what, what's the next step for your agency, Lafayette American in your relationship with AI and how does this affect your strategy moving forward?
1: You know, I mean, we started
0: five years ago. So we started right
1: as, you know, there are a lot of innovations kind of taking off uh, in terms of autonomous driving and EVs and, you know, just, you know, a lot of sustainable building materials. So we've been a little bit at the forefront of a lot of innovation. So people are kind of looking to us and we just have to make sure that we're kind of handling it responsibly. You know, yeah, I don't want to overpromise. I really get mad when people are like, we're the AI agency, you know, (laughs) Right. I think you have to be really prudent and, uh, you know, but we come from Detroit, we come from the, you know, the land of the assembly line. I mean, people look to Detroit, have looked to Detroit historically for innovation. And I I think we want to be a part
0: of that.
2: Yeah. Great.
0: Well, again, I'd like to thank Toby Barlow, co-founder and creative chief at Lafayette American for joining the show. You can learn more about Toby and Lafayette American by
2: following the links in the show notes. Thanks again for listening to the Agile Brand with Greg Kilstrom podcast, brought to you by Tech Systems. If you enjoyed the show, please take a minute to subscribe on your podcast channel of choice and leave us a rating so that others can find the show more easily. You can access more episodes of the show at www.gregkilstrom.com. That's G R E G K I H L S T R O M.com.